mean, obviously it's obviously it's 44 days left, and um, you know we're working very hard as a family. Pennsylvania is obviously a key state, and won those tremendous support. I mean, I've I've been uh, all over Pittsburgh, Washington County. I was in Williamsport um, yesterday. I was in. Um, I've been just about everywhere in the state, and um, it's been uh, it's been tremendous. And uh, I want to get out here and uh, and see everybody, and um, that's why I'm here. How critical is Pennsylvania to to the president's uh, uh, electoral map? Is it a must-win state? Yeah, Pennsylvania is everything. Pennsylvania is an incredibly important state, and I spent a lot of time in here in 2016. I, I truly think the sport is greater today than the 2016, um, actually by a wide margin. And feels good everywhere we go. We have five, six, seven hundred people showing up. I mean, the rallies we've had are incredible. I mean, we had a pop-up rally on 24 hours notice in Pike County, uh, borders New York, a little on the opposite side of the state. You probably know where it is. And I think we had seven, eight hundred people there. And, um, you know, everybody carrying American flags and wearing Make America Great hats. And um, people are really uh, prideful. And um, when you see so many of the labor groups, I mean, the amount of people I have coming up to me that was you know, part of some union, hey, we are all behind you. We, we love your father. He's done a phenomenal job for us. He's brought so many jobs back to our state. Uh, thank you. Um, and you see the wackiness in society right now. I mean, you see this whole defund the police movement. Um, you see uh, Kamala Harris and congressional hearings that literally compared, you know, ICE officers to the KKK. You see what's happening in New York where they took a billion dollars out of the NYPD budget. They got rid of all undercover law enforcement crime you know, surges by 300% in 90 days. And you see what's happening in Portland, Seattle. And um, there's also a war on faith in this country. Um, and um, I don't know why. You see the Democrats, they're getting rid of, you know, under God, the Pledge of Allegiance. And that has upset a lot of people, and a lot of people in the state. And you see what they're trying to do to natural gas. And, you know, such a big part of the economy of Pennsylvania. And um, they want to ban it. And then Biden comes out three days later. No, I was just kidding. I don't really want to ban it when he shows up in Pittsburgh. And, um, you see what they're doing in the Second Amendment. I mean, I could go on and on and on. And um, so, so let's talk about the uh, the big news, of course, sure. in Washington, which is the vacancy on the United States Supreme Court. Yeah. The president has said, uh, you know, that he intends to fill this uh, to make yes. a nomination uh, here. I think Friday or Saturday, and he's hoping that the Senate will confirm before Election Day. Um, first of all, what do you think he is looking for in a well, I mean, clearly he's looking for an incredibly solid person, and, and every every one of the women on that list, they're, they're incredible people. In fact, I was reading about all of them um, over the last couple of days, but, I mean, they're absolutely incredible. I think any of them would do a phenomenal job, and, um, you know, he'll end up making that pick probably Friday, maybe Saturday of, of, uh, of this week, and, um, you know, Ginsburg was, uh, she was an amazing woman. I mean, talk about somebody who had incredible work ethic. It's, it's something as a family we always pride ourselves on. Um, never stopping working every single day dawn to dusk and um she certainly had that as well i mean she she could be an inspiration to so many um people but he's going to find a, an amazing woman to fill that seat is and, it a certainty um, that it will be a woman yeah it's a virtual certainty that's going to be a woman and um and um again the the women on the list there's you know five or six that are on the list that are all phenomenal and um so it should be a really nice announcement Obviously, the argument now is uh, about what happened in 2016 when uh, President Obama uh, nominated Merrick Garland. Of course, we know the story there. Um, I saw a tweet from you today from an RNC ad, two-minute ad, using Democrats' words against them from 2016. They're pointing right back at Republicans and saying, 
you said something different. What is different right now? Aren't they? Aren't both sides contradicting each other? Yeah, maybe. Um, listen, before? I think. First of all, I, I think times have, have changed. I mean, look at the way they've tried to impeach my father this year. Look how they've savagely attacked. I mean, I think. I think the rules of the game have changed. I think if you were to go back ten years. Um, there's no way that they would have tried to impeach people for absolutely nothing. You've got Nancy Pelosi going out and saying, I want to impeach the president just because I want to impeach the president. I want to do it again. And um, I hope she tries because it'll cost them the election. There's just no question about it. Uh, but you do have you know, Chuck Schumer who said, you know, uh, came out very, you know, do your job. Hashtag do your job. He'd say, you know, in terms of trying to get Mayor Garland confirmed. And, um, you know, and that was obviously an election year. The very big difference there was... They didn't control the Senate. They had the White House, but they didn't control the Senate. Um, you know, the difference here is not only does my father have the White House, but Republicans also have the United States Senate. So I, I do think it's very different. But, uh, you know, forget about that. I really think, I think the rules have changed. Again, in traditional times, never would a family have been attacked like we've been attacked. Never would a president have been attacked um, like my father's been attacked. He wouldn't have been impeached. See what they did in terms of weaponizing the DOJ. I mean, this is a radical, radical group and, you know, controlled by... You know, obviously Nancy Pelosi, but, you know, the AOCs of the world on the Elon Omars and the way they push every aspect of government and kind of their radical ideology. And um, so I do think that the uh, the rules of the game have, have changed um, drastically. Uh, you're, the, the president obviously talks a lot about the accomplishments he's had in his first four years. Uh, what do you think stands out when we're in a, you know, a blue-collar working-class city like Erie, Pennsylvania, sure. that, you know, it's the lifeblood of its economy was sure. manufacturing. Of those accomplishments, what do you think is uh, especially relevant or impactful for the people? Well, look at the opportunity zones. I mean, the opportunity zones were transformational for for the city. You had, you know, one of the um, you know poorest neighborhoods in, in the country ranked every single year, and you see these opportunity zones that brought tremendous life back. Um, don't forget about Obama and Biden's comment where. You know, there's no magic wand that will bring manufacturing back to the United States. And abracadabra, manufacturing has come back because my father put together the largest tax cuts in the history of this nation. He slashed regulations and beyond anything, he was a great cheerleader for our country. And our country hadn't had a cheerleader in a, a very, very long time. So you have manufacturing that's pouring back in. When Obama frankly said that it would never happen, it would never come back, you had Biden, who as a senator, signed on to NAFTA. NAFTA costs this country 70,000 factories. 70,000 factories left for China and Mexico and a lot of other countries after NAFTA was signed. And you know, you, now you have Biden coming out and say, yes, we need to bring manufacturing back to the United States. It's almost like he plagiarized my father. And it's, um, it's really incredible. I mean, Biden's been a politician for 47 years. The guy's never worked a job in his life outside of uh, you know, Washington, D.C. He's been dependent on the United States government his entire adult life. Literally, I mean, he's never signed the front of a check ever. Uh, never went to work, never did what you do, never done, did what any of us have done. Literally has leached off the government for 47 years, and he talks about how he's going to fix all the problems. It's like, where were you for the last, you know, almost five decades? Where were you? If, if you had all the answers, if you knew, why, why did it take a real estate guy from New York who had never been in politics before to come in and, and fix all the issues um, of this country? And my father's done that. He rebuilt the military that was absolutely depleted when you first got in. They didn't have any more ammunition. I mean, it's one of the stories my father tells. They literally had run out of ammunition. And, you know, look what he did for unemployment. And look how many people came off of, you know, welfare and um, and government assistance and, and, and food stamps in this country. And look at Right to Try and look at, you know, pricing for pharmaceuticals in this nation. Look what's happening with insulin and EpiPens. And I, I could go on and on, but the guy's done a 
phenomenal, phenomenal job. Look how many wars he's taken us out of um, that were so unnecessary and cost this country trillions. And um, I'm proud of him. He's done a he's done an amazing job. We are okay. We are at, at a time of really kind of un, unprecedented division, at least in, in recent memory. What do you think needs to be done yeah. to to bring this country to unite this country? Yeah. Um, I, I know you said during your RNC speech that. I think he urged your father never be, uh, never apologize for, for who you are and how you how you go about things. Yeah. Uh, but I know in talking to some Republicans, there, there are times where they think you know, maybe he's just a little bit, bit too harsh or too rash. Is, is there something he can do if he does win a re-election yeah. in the next 40 years to bring this country together? First of all, I'd, I'd say, and I'm, I'm traveling the road, you know, every, every day I've probably done 50 stops in the last 10 days. And... I can tell you there's substantially more love in this country um, than hate, substantially more. Um, I think you have a media in this country. I'm not including, you know, uh, kind of, you know, I'm not, I'm talking about coming out of New York and Los Angeles and the major news media, you know, that, that, that fuels tremendous hate. I mean, you see, you know, for all of my father's accomplishments, peace in the Middle East last week. And guess what, you know, CNN reported that, you know, there were world leaders that weren't wearing masks at the White House where everybody gets COVID tested miles before they even come in the building, right? I mean, my father creates Middle East peace, first time in 2,000 years, and there, CNN's talking about how Netanyahu's not wearing a mask while he's standing next to my father. I mean, this is really, this is their coverage of, 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 of who he is. And so um, I tell my father to never back down, and I tell him to keep fighting because we're on the right side of these fights. He's done a great job for this nation. Um, and honestly, if he didn't fight, the media would, would eat him alive. You see negative, literally 94% negative coverage on, 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 on so many incredible accomplishments. So he has to fight. And um, the Democrats can't stand that they lost. Um, they are on the wrong side of a lot of issues. They've been vicious the way they've come after me, the way they've come after our entire family, the way they've come after my father. Um, he's had to fight. Um, frankly, if he didn't fight, he wouldn't be here today. And, um, and, and so I'm proud of that spirit. And um, But again, I go back to where I started. There's substantially more love in this country than anyone would ever think. I think a lot of people know that. Uh, you wouldn't know it if you watched CNN. Um, you wouldn't know it if you watched um, a lot of the programs on TV. But there's uh, substantially more love than uh, the d- that divisiveness in this nation. Okay. So. Do I have one, one more question? Go ahead. Just, just about the coronavirus. You know, 200,000 American dead, Americans dead. Um, tell me, you know, your, your father has defended himself about the way he's handled this. What do you say? How do you think history is going to look back at this year? COVID-19. When you see three possible vaccines that were put together in what, six months, I mean, the fastest vaccine ever been created in the history of mankind. When you look at, you know, Nancy Pelosi, who was in Chinatown, um, mocking the fact that my father shut down all flights from, from China. Uh, when you have Biden, who came out and said that shutting down all flights from China were xenophobic, and that was even before the World Health Organization advised to do that. In fact, they said to do the exact opposite, and uh, even Dr. Fauci at that point wasn't advising that you shut down international travel. My father was so far ahead of it. And then you look at the opposite side, which is a side that we fight a lot. America has the greatest economy in the world. You've got to have economic prosperity. You can't run a country into the ground. And look at other major markets. Look at the UK. The UK was down 59.8% their economy. Look where our economy is right now. I mean, our economy is near all-time highs. You know, the Dow is at close to 27,000, right? I mean, um, 10.4 million people came back into the workforce in the last 90 days. Um, our economy is right now has has less people, meaning you you have you have lower unemployment today than you had during much of the Obama 
Biden administration. You just came out of the worst pandemic that the, the globe has ever seen. And um, clearly they're going to hit him on that because they can't hit him on the economy and they can't hit him on any of these other things. So they say, you know, Trump's a bad guy. And they say coronavirus. That's literally all they had. That's all the DNC was about. Um, you know, four days of the DNC was only about uh, coronavirus. But um, people in this country are anxious to get back to their lives, anxious to get back to their families, anxious to see sports resume. And um, I think he's handled it uh, incredibly well.